Hi, welcome to this Property Life podcast. I'm James D'Souza. I'm a property investor and trainer. Each week on the podcast, we'll be speaking to a very special guest about their adventures in property. This week, I'm talking to Danny Bloomfield. Danny is a fellow investor, a former professional footballer and a business owner. In this episode, we'll talk about how Danny started investing, the challenges he's faced, why you need to focus on the positives and the power of having multiple streams of income. I'm sure you'll love this episode. Let's hear from Danny now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, today's pro- uh, today's episode of This Property Life. I am with uh, the amazing Danny Bloomfield. Hi, Danny. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Uh, excellent to have you on here. Thank you for giving up some time and uh, and you know being interviewed, having a chat with me, all things property. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been looking forward to it all week. Actually, bit of, bit of banter about football, bit of property, and uh, let's see what happens. So you, you mentioned football there. Uh, let's let's dive in. Let the listeners know what you did before uh, you know before you got started in property and what your background is, Danny. Okay, yeah. So um, I was a, a professional footballer for three years. I played for two years at, at Norwich City, which is interesting considering I live and was born in Ipswich. Um, my brother played for Ipswich through the academy system and as a pro there for a bit before going on to Wickham Wanderers. So um, that, that was an interesting uh, conversation when I got the phone call from Nigel <laughs> Worthington saying, can you come for a trial and see what happens? But that was great. I loved it. Um, great experience. And then moved to AFC Bournemouth for a year, which was which was great. Again, lovely place to live, nice new stadium, um, progressive club. So that, that was great. And then since then, played, played semi-pro around and Suffolk, Cambridgeshire, uh, and Norfolk. Um, played up to up to Conference North level, which is just below uh, the National Conference. Um, so played a decent standard, and that took up a load of time, but but loads of great skills and uh, loads of loads of good disciplines learned from a time in football. And we'll come back to that because I'm really I'd be really interested to hear kind of what what those transferable skills are and 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 yeah. what what's made you a great investor from from being a, a footballer. But how how then? So what was the jump from property to foot uh, from football to property? How did that actually come about? Okay, so when I when I left full time game uh, and went semi pro, I started a sports well, it was a football kids coaching. Uh, business actually so um, I started that and uh, was a football coach anyway I I got my coaching badges to the relevant level at the age of 16 I knew that I wanted to be involved in working with children and coaching and uh, so I did that as soon as I was old enough to do it I did that so when I came out of the pro game I I had that to fall back on and started started a coaching business uh, as a franchise and just throughout those those years, then met some great people around the country. And a friend of mine uh, bought an existing letting agency in Grimsby and started sourcing property. So I'd always been since I was at Norwich, I got my eyes got opened up to a world where there was more money around. They had nice cars. They started investing money. Some of them were clever enough to do that. And they were great. And some of them had other people that did it for them. And I just I just got an exposure to a different world that I'd never had an exposure to. So property always really interested me. I just didn't know how to do it. Um, so then I was an armchair investor, basically sent him a check with some money and, uh, and and they did the work and it was great and it worked out really well for me. And Was, was that in Grimsby, that, that first one that you brought uh, them? Yeah, it was. It was. And um, 
I'm the sort of person I don't let the grass grow under my feet. I just thought, oh, this is this is good, and I've got an idea what I wanted to do, but I wanted to do more of them, and I wanted to. I did. I felt vulnerable because I didn't really quite get it and know what was going on. So I then decided to go for. Uh, I saw a, a, a two-hour workshop, free seminar in Ipswich. Um, actually, James, your mum was on that workshop. Yeah, uh, she was. She was there, and we've spoke about that since. And um, and yeah, then I then I went through various training courses and got myself trained to to do it professionally, to do it properly, and and understand what I'm doing. So what was so that your your very first deal there was was the first deal you did as a as a trained investor dramatically different to the the first deal that you you'd done as a as an armchair investor? Yeah, it was it was massively different in the sense that I actually knew what I was trying to do. So for a start, the the whole purpose, the strategy. I knew, I knew what I wanted, where I wanted it, how much I needed to pay, what the refurb would be. I just knew what I was, what I was doing. Although I was really inexperienced, and there were still gaps in my knowledge because I just needed to start doing it to, to learn more. I, I had far more of an idea. The first one in, in Grimsby was like, oh, that sounds good. I'll right, we'll put a bit of money in my pocket each month. Right, I'll just write you a check then and can you just send me a picture or what does it look like? Or <laughs> Very you know trusting. I mean? Yeah, do you, do you, I, I knew the guy well and I'd, I'd, I'd looked through the numbers. So I'd, I'd sensed and I'd gone on right move and I tried to, without knowing it, I tried to do some sole comparables and have a look what was going on. So I, I'm probably playing it down a little bit, but it but it was still nowhere near where, where I should have been with it. And I was still trusting and thankfully it worked out well, but doing it as a trained investor was was so much different the depth of my knowledge and I think the security of if something happens I know I know what to do to rectify that and get get out of trouble if you like or not get myself into that that trouble I was just far more aware of of what what was going on and what I needed to do you were trained by Caroline so I'm sure she drilled into you that you need to have two (laughs) exits two exits for every single deal that you go into so just Mate, knowing that you can, you can, if you, if you can't rent it, well, what else can I do? And, and about thinking about that, you know, the plan B scenario, what's the worst case that can, that can happen here. And if you've got that at the forefront of your mind and you're happy with that, then it's going to make a good investment. Absolutely. That's exactly it. That, that knowledge of knowing, right. I know, I know what might happen. And if mm-hmm. that happens, I'll do this. And if that happens, I'll do that. And just having those different exits in mind and planned ahead of time before, before I put my squiggle on the paperwork to, to pick up the keys. So that was great. Yeah, Caroline was my my three day trainer, my basic trainer, the first trainer. She was pregnant at the time, actually, with it with her first child. So she, but she was still absolutely full of life and energy, and blew my socks off just with with the information, the content, the personality, the energy, the the motivation, desire. It was yeah, it was great. It really it, it was what I needed. It lit me up. I was ready to go, and she just stuck a bit more fuel underneath the rocket. So what strategies are you, uh, you know, have you, have you invested in what kind of, from, from, from the knowledge that you've gained, what have you actually implemented, what have, what have you implemented and what are you doing at the moment? Okay, so from, from the knowledge again there and the strategy we've, we've got is, um, so I invest my, with my wife um, and we invest together now and uh, the strategies have moved a little bit, but it's mainly based on cash flow, it's, it's income, wanting mm-hmm. to get some, some monthly income and um it was it was more long term when I first started. I had a an existing business that I'm sure we might talk about, and and that's where my money came from to pay the bills. So it wasn't it wasn't about putting more money necessarily in my pocket. It was about having more money coming in so I could build up a pot and and keep 
recycling it. So um, I've, I've got three areas that I invest in, Scotland, Grimsby and, and Ipswich. And uh, there's different strategies in each of the areas because they're different places and um, there's diff- different things that work and don't work. So um, down south more, it's about income, um, but also some capital growth. Um, and then in the other two areas, it's it's pretty much purely about income. There's not there's very little capital growth. That's not the strategy. If they go up, it's a bonus. Yeah, uh, a go up in value, but it, it's purely about income. Um, I invest in HMOs and buy to lets. So I'm actually outweighed slightly at the moment with more HMOs than buy to lets. But um, I've, I've, I'm working hard and quite aggressively on that strategy to to tip the the, the scales in the other direction. Get a bit more balance. So you're you're based in yeah. in and around Ipswich, absolutely. Yeah. And so, based how do you around, find yeah. investing? You know, Grim, Grimsby's it's, it's, it's relatively close, but it's not on your doorstep, and Scotland's miles away from Ipswich. So, how yeah. do you find managing things remotely? Um. Yeah. So Grimsby's Grimsby's like four four hours, four and a bit hours away. Oh, really? So, I thought it'd have been a bit closer than that. Yeah. No. It's it's, four hours it's from it's London. Not. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah, we could have a race, couldn't we, one day then maybe? And <laughs> Get see, there about the same happens. time. Legally, of course, sticking mm. speed limits. But yeah. um yeah, it's it's I think it's about it's about having trust, it's about having exposure to information and data so you can you, you can then see it and you can trust it. Um it's about making sure you know you know your numbers, you know what's going on. Um so uh, I do that through regular phone calls, weekly checkups, phone calls, um, making sure I've got got my my, um, my weekly meetings with various people I need to be checking in with of, of some KPI, some key performance indicators of what I need to know to make sure I've then got a full picture. Um, it's it's about communication, and actually we've all been put in that position, haven't we, in the last yeah. year since the the pandemic arrived around. Well, it really hit us March, didn't it? But uh, in terms of remote working and what have you, so so actually, it doesn't matter whether I'm working ten miles away at the moment, or or four and a half hours away in Grimsby, or six hours in Scotland. The the concept of how I need to behave and how I need to work and and how I need to gather data and we communicate with people is is almost the same at the moment, and that's really helped drive that further forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, having having that team in place is is absolutely critical because you know I know you've got a lot on your plate at the moment. Do you want to tell the tell the listeners how many how many deals you've got going on at at the, at the moment? Yeah, so we've got we've got five deals going on at the moment, um, which is causing me a little bit of a headache. <laughs> just raising finance and paperwork and and doing everything I need to do to get them going through, and they're all pretty much going through within probably about five weeks of each other completion date. So need to yeah i've got a bit going on so the the teams are going to be working working like mad when everything actually starts to complete yeah absolutely working like crazy and i've just recruited two more virtual assistants to build build the team up so that's now got a team of four virtual assistants that live in a different country to me uh they're amazing but the the investment in time in them for training and processes and just making sure it's all really tight is important um, but they've been a great support and um, massive for me. Uh, admin is not an area that I love investing loads of my time in. That is, I don't think I don't uh, think any investor loves admin, do they? <laughs> that's a place that I try and avoid at all costs, but sometimes to my detriment. So I've I've learned I need to make sure I do some of the things I don't like doing. But uh, and just wider, James. So in my life, I've got I've got two other businesses: a sports, mm. performing arts, well-being, and life skills children's coaching company. Um, 
employ 60 staff in that business across uh, the south of England. So we're really busy. We, we when schools are open, we were we were teaching around 20,000 children a week. Um, I've I've got a mindset and performance coaching company, and I've got a number of clients in there that I work with on a regular basis, um, and, I'm, and I'm passionate about that. But at home, I'm a I'm a dedicated and see myself as a as a family man. I've got um, I've got a wife who yeah I won't go all soppy on you but um we you know that we're in a great place and I'm and I'm really happy in my world and it hasn't always been like that and between us we've got six children so we've got, say you've got a small five. army so just we've kind got... of manage, managing your time from family yeah. business and property as well there's, there's a lot to juggle there's a lot going on we've got five aside team and and the five month old can be the sub at the moment but, um <laughs> yeah so we've yeah, and home learning as brought even more into that it's made that we've got we've got five kids and me around a dining room table at, at times and we're breaking off into different bits for for spending our life on video calls zoom meetings microsoft teams whatever it is so there's a bit going on so keeping that structure that that time management being really disciplined and consistent is is the keys to it at the moment and we we're just all working even within this house as a real real team we understand what each other's got going on and my wife's incredible taking the carrying the can on the home learning and, and picking that up and then we're working in the evenings and weekends around the business and the property investment so it's um there's a lot going on but loads of momentum and it's great obviously that's a, a challenge in itself and what have you you know you're, yeah. you're i know i know you very well and you're very much you know about overcoming the challenges so what's uh what have you been kind of putting in place, I guess, to, to overcome that challenge? And, and what about some other maybe challenges that you've had in, in property and how have you overcome them? Yeah, I think so over what, what we've put in place at the moment is um, is Kate and I make sure we have some dedicated time each each week to work on the business, on the bigger mm -hmm. stuff, making sure we, we're measuring against our goals and where we want it to be and what activity do we need to do to make sure we get there. Then it's about outsourcing it. And we've built built the team since last year because we knew we were going to get busier. We we hadn't planned to quite do as many deals as we were going to do so quickly. But over a year ago, we knew we wanted to start buying in 2021 again. And um, we had an idea of what we needed to do. Um, so it, it's just, a, for me, it's about how can I leverage my time in the best possible way? What am I good at? What are my real strengths? What do I really enjoy doing and want to keep doing? And what's the rest of the stuff? If I can... If I can system systemize something, if it's repetitive, if it's lower value, how can I outsource that and and build a team around me that that does that? So my time is is leveraged on high value stuff. I was going to say, so just focus, literally focusing on the highest paying tasks. Focusing on the highest paying tasks and where something might develop into that is where I want to mm. be. Um, you might have already got a picture of this, but you we know each other well enough. I just love being around people. I love talking to people. I love I love having a bit of a cracker with people. I love um, I love bouncing ideas around. I'm an extrovert with that. I, I think as I'm talking and develop form ideas as I'm talking them through with people. So whilst I'm zoomed out most days, actually that's what I want to spend my time doing. I love mm -hmm. connecting with people and working with people and and then working on the high ticket items really so making sure that we've always got an idea of where we are and where we're trying to get to and how are we still on the right road or have we have we jumped off on an a road somewhere yeah, so, so kind of just keeping on yourself it. on track because we all know it's so di it's so it can be so easy to kind of just stick on the path that you think you're on and then get 
you know, your head's turned and then all of a sudden yeah. you've, you've kind of want, gone wandering and it, it can take some time to, to actually pull you back on track and, and that kind of shiny penny sy- syndrome can kick in. So having, you know, uh, yeah. having that, I guess you, you were saying weekly weekly check-ins, weekly meetings to know. So you never really wonder, if, if you do wander off target, you, you're always brought back very quickly, I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a business rhythm uh, that, that is a structure. It's a, it's a rhythm of how the business is run and and patterns of meetings and communications and what data I need to know about in, in each of the businesses to to ensure my eyes are wide open. But look, it still happens. I still, mm. the other day, a, a, an agent called me and said, like, I've got a really good flat for you. I think it really works. And, and I spent myself dipping my toe in the water, even for 45 minutes and having a look at it. And then I checked in with myself and thought, what are you doing? This isn't, <laughs> this isn't your strategy. What, what are you doing? But, um, it, you know, at the moment, I'm a I'm a I'm a half uh, glass half em- uh, full kind of guy, not empty, full kind of guy. So I know that every downturn there's an upturn, and mm. and um, you know there's huge opportunity around us right now. The pandemic is absolutely tough, and and it's devastating to people's lives and and what's gone on. And it's it, you know that's it's been a terrible time for many reasons, but but equally it's been a great time for many reasons, and the time we've been able to have with family and. We've got a seventeen-year-old who passed her test in in May last year. We weren't a sinner. She just passed her test, and oh, sorry, she was seventeen in May, so she passed it late late twenty twenty. She'd have been off driving around everywhere, and she's going to be going to uni next year. We've we've had a gift of seeing her for probably mm. another six months and spending some really good time with her that we wouldn't have had really without the pandemic. And um, that's one one example. So I try and look. For, there's a gift in everything. No matter how difficult a situation might present itself to you, my motto is there's a gift in everything, and I try and look for that and see see what it is. So um, I think that's that's an important way of living our life and looking at the benefits of of what can be around. So back on the estate agent, I, I checked in with myself and just thought, Do you know what, this isn't what you're doing. Stick on stick on the plan, be consistent, which is a which is a habit I hadn't created or. T- achieved well enough in years gone by keep being consistent keep focusing on the one percenters and that will take care of itself later on down the road Hmm. and you sort of spoke about obviously you've got a sports business and and and, uh you know the pandemic how has has that been impacted by by what's going on are you going to schools and teach people working from home have you had to adapt that is it is it had a detrimental effect on that business yeah, it's had almost a devastating effect mm. on on that business. We've been we've been fortunate in many ways. The the, the our partner schools that we work with, the majority have been really supportive, um, and we've worked well together. We're, we're probably down to twenty five percent of capacity what we were doing before the pandemic that we're delivering at the moment with schools being shut. But again, we're really proud to be able to support those schools that are open still with key worker and vulnerable children. So we're we're still supporting them. It's nowhere near what we are doing, and I think we we're hitting our property business quite quite aggressively we we're, we're we're hitting it with loads of energy loads of strategy but loads of activity and loads of action as well and we're getting the results for that and that was that was fueled again by the pandemic because last march april when when this sort of really kicked in and and boris was on tv every night talking and and you know that we started getting real exposure to what was going on and what might be happening. Although I still didn't think we'd be in this position no. today talking about it. However, that was that was a great learning experience for me because I felt absolute fear. 
for about three weeks. Um, I was overcome with fear. I was scared. Um, and that was a real challenge for me mentally of would I, would I overcome the next challenge and how would I deal with that? And um, it's really fueled our property journey. Uh, January 2020, Kate and I decided that after having a couple of years off because of personal reasons, divorce and what have you from for me, that, that right wanted to start it. We've consolidated, we've settled things down, life's karma. We, we know what we need to be doing, where we want to go. We've got our dreams and our, our goal board set up and we knew what we wanted to achieve in life over the next 10 years. And property was a massive part of that. So we wanted to start investing this year. That was always a plan, right? Let's spend the rest of 2020 just getting ourselves ready, getting some processes set up, keep concentrating on the kids and, and making sure we're all in a good place and it's right for the family when we do it. And then three months later, bang, COVID hit. And uh, my my income stream that, that comes into the house suddenly was at a major threat. And I felt vulnerable, I felt scared, and it was a really great lesson about we're taught in property and training about multiple streams of income and having different different eggs in different baskets, making sure you, you're covered and a bit more secure. Well, my property stuff up to then had been more long-term based. It was, yes, there was some some a bit of income coming in, but it was there was lots going on in that and it was it was more pension planning. And, and um, a lot of property is kind of, re, you know, if, if you've got another stream of income, you think, well, I can, re, I can be reinvesting that property income as well. So I'm not yeah. actually realising it. Yeah, completely. And that's that's what had happened. So, um, so that's really put a rocket up my backside to think, mm. right, I need to, we need to do something here and we need to do something. And that's, that's probably why, again, the start of this year, Q1 and the back end of last year, we, we, we started uh, really, really taking some action. Well, that, that, the action probably started happening around July last year, August, but it filters through, doesn't it? The compound. I was going to say, it, take, take it takes time to, to actually start seeing that. You kind of think I'm putting, yeah. putting loads of action, putting loads of energy into this, but wh where are my results? And they, that's the thing with yeah. property. It can sometimes take time for those results to be seen and realized. Absolutely. And, and the more I, I keep looking back now and thinking, how did I, how did I get here? This is amazing. The portfolio at the moment is valued at around 2 million quid, just, just slightly shy of that 50 odd K under that. Um, and, uh, that, that's been done in, in almost three, three years. And then I paused for two years. Um, and now adding another, uh, I think the done value of the stuff we're doing at the moment is going to be about 800 K. Um, so putting that on and you think, wow, we could by the end of 2021, if we carry on with our goals and what we want to achieve, have a portfolio worth between three and four million pounds. Mm. And, uh, that that's really starting to then put us in a place where we've got some security, not that we want a pandemic like this or anywhere near this to happen again, but we're starting to work on those multiple streams of income to, yeah. to be more secure and, and, um, just settle ourselves down a little bit. And that's, that's, that's really the aim of the game at the moment for us. I'm sure by now listeners are kind of really understanding just how good a mindset you've got Danny and, and how positive you are <laughs> and you know, that you focus on the positives. Um, did that, did that come from your kind of your, your background? Did football help you with that? Yeah, it, it football's a, um, a beautiful game for those that love it. It's something we're passionate about and you just get completely embroiled in the game and what's mm. going on. And it can be quite emotional and you can be screaming and shouting <laughs> and come on. And, and then you can be crying in your seat the next minute because you've just conceded the goal. And, um, I think the highs and lows of football throughout 
my childhood started playing at the age of eight. Uh, I wasn't allowed to play for a team. My dad said until I was eight or nine, I think. And and that that was cool because it wasn't around. Kids didn't play so early then, I don't think. But always had a ball at my feet. And throughout that and playing county level, but I didn't actually make it as a pro until the age of 18. And I wasn't in an academy system. So Which I got is quite late, from, I guess, for modern Modern it's late, times. mate. Yeah. yeah, it is. And I got I got spotted playing for a, a local side at step, I can't remember what it was, step five level, something like that, um, which is just local Saturday football. It's okay, but um, got spotted and it stuck with me. The, the, the guy who was actually the first team coach at Norwich at the time then said to me, he came and watched me, he'd heard about me, read the newspaper and stuff and thought, oh, I'll go and give him a look, see what's going on. And uh and he said, do you know what? The reason I wanted to invite you for a trial, you didn't actually have a great game when I came to watch you, but I'd sent someone else to watch you the week before and you had a worldie, you got a hat-trick. But the game I come watch, you didn't. But I saw something in you that when you're doing the warm-up, all your other teammates were smashing balls around doing this. And I just looked at you. And for 25 minutes, the discipline of what you were doing and your attitude, you were doing everything right. And you didn't get phased by other people trying to smash a ball at you or whatever. You just got on with what you wanted to do. And he said that really stood out for me and, and that, that professional attitude. So because of what I'd heard I felt, and I'd seen, you, I'd seen how you behaved, that was enough to give you a trial. And then I had a three-month trial with them. I, I scored a goal a game in the reserve team, and which is I was a striker and did, in, did enough that they then gave me, a, uh, gave me a contract off the back of that, a pro contract. So that was, that was further evidence to me, actually, that you don't have to be the best at what you do, but... You have to have the right mindset and attitude. And if you've got that, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that's... What a quote. That, mate, I love my quotes. <laughs> I love my quotes. And, and, and I've, I've lived by that one because yeah. actually I, through football, I played with, in the pro game, I played with some guys that weren't hugely talented, but they'd, they'd run through brick walls. Their, their work ethic, their work rate, their, their timekeeping, their turn up, their professionalism, their dedication was just loads better than other people. And in the non-league game, the semi-pro game, I played with people that were unbelievably talented, more than some of the guys I played with in the pro game. But they'd got the heart the size of a pea. And they, if it was cold, they weren't that interested. They'd be a bit late. They wouldn't eat the right things, drink the right things. They wouldn't do any running or any work on their body outside of training. And that was just further evidence that actually it's about, it's about what goes on between your ears, really. It's not, it's not, about anything else you can you can learn more skill i think but and you can learn you can improve your mindset 100 percent. but you've got to still have something in you that wants to do that because it's probably easier to do the wrong stuff it's not easy to do the right thing all of the time or do the best thing sometimes that's more effort and just as you know football isn't the 90 minutes that you spend on the pitch it, it's everything behind it properties like that as well and it's, you know, if you don't 100%. have those little habits, if you don't do everything that you're meant to do and everything that you're trained to do, you can't just show up to your investment area and expect everything to fall in pla- into place for you. No, you, you're absolutely right, mate. It's, it's, um, I, love the, I love the little quote about, uh, you know, overnight success has taken me 20 years to get here. And it's the same with getting a deal, isn't it? That doesn't just land on your lap and go, oh, yeah, let's do it then. That's, that's cool. It's taken hours of getting in your car and going somewhere and, stopping off for a week at a garage quickly grabbing a costa because it's 6am in the morning and and then you carry on and and putting the offers in and it falling out of bed and then you're picking it up again and doing your research and all the unsexy stuff um it's it's the same i think no matter what you relate that to in life whether it's a 
whether it's football, whether it's training for a half Ironman in July, and it's the same. Rather you than me on that Freezing one, cold. <laughs> I wanted to test myself and do something outside of football because I've been a bit of a football snob. We, I think sometimes in football we've got an ego that no other game is as good as football and as a cricketer as well, and I love that. But, yeah, I wanted to test myself and keep myself fit. So rather somebody else than me at the moment, mate, because the training's hard. But it's the same, isn't it? You don't – the performance everyone sees is – I've bought a house and I put it on social media and it looks great. That's the that's the that's the show. That's the performance. But you've got to do your rehearsals and your practice. And um within football, that's the same. The training, what what people saw on a Saturday afternoon and when we watch our favorite teams, that's just a, an example, a presentation of how hard they've practiced during the week. And if you're not prepared to do that, then your performance isn't going to be as great on a Saturday afternoon or whatever it is. And the same with your property deal. It's not going to be as good. It's not going to be as safe it's not going to be as sexy it's not going to be as as secure for you or you or you might not actually then get it because you just haven't done enough leading up to it and i think the the transferable skills with it are, are just are just huge and you've you you invest with your with your wife how important is it to have somebody uh you know positive whether whether or not you know katie actually does the investing with you or not but how important is it to have somebody positive around you and, and a per, you know a person that is in your life saying yes I'm, I'm happy for you to to go and do this because i know it's not always been that way for you yeah you you do and 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 you and um that's been the biggest change i didn't realize how life could how good life could be when you're really happy at home and, and you're really supportive of each other and that that real tight partnership is is massive so it's it's huge. We've got we've got the kids at home, as I've mentioned, and there's other stuff going on. You know, she's a full time mum at the moment because Bobby's five months old. We've got other children. We've got a house, and she she works as well outside of that when she's not on maternity leave. So it's so she's really busy. But having that support and somebody saying, right, have you thought about this though, or challenging me on stuff, but then going, I believe you. It's good. Go for it. You should do it. Just take a deep breath. Go for it. Or I support you with what what you're doing. Having Having that has just been a massive change because it hasn't always been like that for me. And and my early part of my property career wasn't like that. And it was every so everything was a battle. Even doing that stuff was a was a was a battle. And getting out in the car and going somewhere and what have you was was challenged. Whereas now it's not. We know what we're trying to do. It's challenging to a point of just checking in of right. Okay, yeah, I'm with you on it completely. Let's go and I support you. And yeah, that's that's huge. I think property can be difficult enough without having kind of people causing obstacles to that as well. People that are meant to be supporting you. So it just, it just makes life easier when you've got that person that's like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be lonely at times, can't it? Mm. When you're, when you're in the car and you're, you're driving to your investment area or whatever, and, or you've got something going on or you've, you've had a call that wasn't what you wanted or, or you're not quite managed to do enough to get it over the line or you're raising finance from investors, whatever it is, you can feel like you're on your own trying to do it all and having yeah having somebody just with you is is really really helpful and in terms of investors have you you've you've have you relied on investors to build the business has it been kind of with your with your own funds how's that portfolio been financed danny yeah it's it's not been with my own funds um it so it's been with with working with investors so um working through investors i love that again i love that part about it i'm I might have got this across already today or I might not, but working with people is is something I like. I like creating win-win situations. I don't want, a deal isn't a good deal if there's one person in it that loses. 
Mm. I don't. That's that doesn't sit morally right with me either. Integrity is one of my core values, and that's really important. So working with people to help them work really hard with their money that that is getting zero point zero one percent, and until that changes into a negative potentially in the next six months, that's that's something that I enjoy doing. I, I like seeing the benefit of that, and it, through this pandemic again, some of the some of the messages I've had and discussions with a couple of my investors, that's that's been their income where their job money has dropped off through this pandemic or they've been furloughed or what have you. And 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 where they'd have dipped into savings before, they're not now dipping into that capital amount. So that's really reassuring. And I like hearing that because I'm then then having a more more of a positive impact on more people. It's not just someone that you're buying a house off that that needs to get out or wants to sell it. It's not then the tenants that are going in and enjoying a really high quality home to live in it's then another group of people that are being positively impacted by it and that that feels good to me that feels good but that's that's how i've built my business completely my property portfolio working working with other people and utilizing their money in a better way than it sitting dormant eroding in a bank so what's next for you in property what are you you know you've got a huge 2021 up, upcoming based on what you've what you've set up you know i'm, I'm sure that'll carry through to 2022 and, and forward so what is next on the horizon for you so so next on the horizon it's a great question we've got um the rest of this year we want to do another 10 deals throughout the rest of this year um so on top of what we're doing so that's our focus this year um and we're exploring different business opportunities about about sourcing because i'm having a number of people asking me about whether I can help them with with their property career and journey. So that's something that we're looking at. Um, and at, at the moment, the next period is just continuing to be consistent for the next few years of what we're doing, having this sort of volume going through uh, what we're doing and, and uh, just being consistent. Like I said to you, I haven't always been consistent with it. And so, so this is a really good discipline to keep practicing and something that I want to do and then seeing where it goes I, I i guess the only other thing to add to that mate is i is i want to start sharing and helping other people with with my journey as well i feel like i've got a bit to offer i feel like um hopefully i, I can i can some of my energy could rub off with people 100 percent. yeah well that's good it's good to hear and so that's something that i'd like to start looking at as the rest of this year and into next year progresses is are there any opportunities for me to to work with a, a company such as yours, for example, and uh, and help help other people move forward in their journey. Because you know it's worked for you. It's it's going to work for other people if they're prepared to put the hard work in. So you know if it, yeah, if, it, if it can work for you, you know it can work for other people. And I guess that's that's why we do what we do, and that's why you're you do what you do as well. Yeah, in terms of the coaching absolutely. and the, the mentoring stuff that you you do. Yeah, massively. When you when you know you're positive, positively impacting someone's lives, that's really rewarding, isn't it? Whether you get paid for that or not, it's almost irrelevant. It's really rewarding, and that's that's what you want to see. Contribution and and growth is is great to be able to help people with that, as well as growing ourselves, helping other people grow and contributing to their lives is is massively important to me and something I want to be involved in more and more. I've had a taste of it. I'm doing a bit of it, but actually, it's I want to do more of it, and that's. So I'm building the VA team because they can do <laughs> some of the stuff I don't want to do so I can carry on working with people and help help them. But um, there's a well-known phrase, I think, isn't there, that knowledge is power. But is it really? Or is it the action and the activity yeah. that's the power? And that's that's the bit for me that I want to help people just implement what 
a lot of people I'm working with at the moment, and I know it was the same for me, they've actually got a lot inside of me already and they have inside of them. It's just it's just drawing it out and helping them get it out and, and then act on it and having the confidence to act on it and the support of somebody to be brave enough to, to then take action. And that's the bit I love helping people with. If you had to start all over again, is there anything that you would do differently? Yeah, there there is. I think I would um, I'd go a little bit slower at the start when, uh, for my life, it was a bit of a jumble anyway. Actually, there was so much going on. Um, that's how I tried to focus. And I tried to focus on being really positive in business and keep going. Um, but I'd probably take a little bit more time out there for me. But as a general rule of thumb for people, um, no, I think I, I know who I am and I'm sort of person that learns by jumping off the cliff and growing your wings <laughs> on the way down. So, uh, and I'm comfortable with that. That's not always comfortable for other people around me and it doesn't always make life easy for myself, but I, I know who I am and I'm uncomfortable with that. So um, I, I sort of gain energy from, from that and sometimes putting myself in some uncomfortable positions. But at the time I'd have probably, if you'd have asked me that question, I said, yeah, I wouldn't be doing this because this is really hard. Looking back now, I don't I don't regret any of that, and I and I've grown loads more because of it. So um, it's just sometimes a little bit more difficult at the time. So yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, I've yeah, it does. Around, around about it a bit. Yeah. It does perfect. <laughs> um, amazing. So um, if listeners do want to get in touch with you, Danny, how can they go about doing that? Cool. Okay. So um, I'm I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. So I'm all on all of them, which I'll send to you, James. But yeah. Instagram, I'm at Danny underscore Bloomfield underscore. Um, Facebook, just searching. I'm actually Daniel. I've got my official name on there. And I need to change it. <laughs> I don't know how name. to change it. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah, that is it. So that's facebook.com forward slash Daniel dot Bloomfield dot 71. Twitter, I'm at D Blooms 10, one zero. Um, LinkedIn, search me, Danny Bloomfield clubhouse at danny bloomfield amazing um be I've... great to connect with people by the way james because it, it's it's good the network is so important to the people you surround yourself with well i'm sure you you know just this this interview on its own is going to impact so many people they're going to hear it and resonate with you as well so um you know it's just a great way for people to then be able to to get in touch and and, and come direct to you so thank you very much for today thank you for taking some time out of the very busy home life and property life yeah. and business life that you've got um very much appreciated thanks mate it's been an absolute pleasure and um i've enjoyed talking about it and uh thanks for having me on really great i'm, I'm looking you. forward to being able to watch some football and have a beer with you when all this is over yeah done that's an absolute <laughs> deal <laughs> awesome thanks, mate thanks thanks danny